What's up, Gravel family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel. We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season. We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family. All right, what is up, Gravel family? I am Jason. I'm Sophia. And today we are recording live for the very first time in front of Gravel City Adventures right here in Emporia, Kansas at a little bike race called Unbound Gravel. Today we are joined by the Minister of Stoke himself, the director of the Mid-South and owner of District Bicycles, the one and only Hall of Famer, Bobby Wintel, welcome on, man. It's official as of last night. Thank you, guys, both. Thanks for ha- thanks for having me. Is is it electric yet? Like, uh, can you guys can you feel the electricity? Oh, so, oh yeah. Sophia, is your first time? <laughs> this is my first time, and I had no idea what to expect. I got here last night, and the town was already full of people, and I was like, "It's Wednesday. There's still three Wednesday. more days of this." Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah. I, just from yes. So I had breakfast downtown yesterday, Wednesday morning, and then today Thursday morning, and just from Wednesday to Thursday, it's like quadrupled, and it's only Thursday. We got Friday, and then even Saturday, people get in Saturday morning. It's crazy down here. So it's been awesome. Emporia, they embrace it, they love it. From wherever you go, where are you from? How you doing? It, the whole town. I just had breakfast with a guy that's from Scotland, but now he lives in Boston. And then another guy that's from Australia and lives in Girona, Spain. And that was just five minutes ago at Commercial Street Diner. <laughs> it's not what state are you from. It's what country are you from? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you where are you residing currently right now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. Uh, I think we had London, Mexico, uh, and then all over the United States just setting up our podcast here today. So it's it's awesome. It's incredible. It just takes over the it takes the the event just engulfs the entire community. Oh yeah. And it become I feel like it becomes the community. Oh, absolutely. And you know, having lived here for six years from 06 to 2011 or five years, whatever that is, I'm bad at math. <laughs> it, to see it change too, man, and like, again, no one was here on Wednesday in 2010. You know, like no, nobody was, they, we were talking about it, we were thinking about it, but like, look, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it. It is absolutely electric. Yeah, while we're, while we're setting out here, they're, they're getting ready to do a group ride. This is a Thursday morning group ride. Yeah. Two m- days. Be- like, that's crazy. And, and how many prob- are there today? There's probably over 100 people over there. And I think there are three other scheduled group rides on the docket today. Just Thursday. And yeah. I think there's like six or seven tomorrow. So it's it's insane. I mean, there's people that come down to these events now that just come to do the group rides and hang out. Yeah. And like honestly, yeah, as soon as we're done, I'm going to try and get out. And oh, yeah. I haven't ridden here in a in a while so i can't wait i can't wait are you going to be racing on saturday i'm not i i'm not i i thought about doing the 200 i got all excited um we put on an we put on an overnighter um back in april and we did 200 miles in two days and carried a bunch of our stuff and it was incredible we rode from stillwater up to winfield kansas and back and afterward i was like yo like let's go (laughs) and so talked to christy and was like hey you know if, if not like it's no big deal she's like no no totally totally and i was like okay sick i'm gonna do the 200 wow you you pulled the car i did oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm 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 embarrassed to say <laughs> yes i did it i pulled the friend card i'm gonna call it the friend card not the i deserve this card because i definitely don't <laughs> deserve it I, I i called christy as a friend and she as a friend gave me a spot 
Then, beginning of May, I got I got COVID, first time, actually. So, hey, I had a pretty good run. <laughs> <laughs> I got it two weeks ago. Yeah. I, so, All, I, I lasted I lasted two, over two and a half years. I just started kind of like really traveling again, probably got in the airport or whatever. And so, after that, I thought, well, instead of, you know, recovering from this as fast as I can and riding a bunch or whatever, I think I'm just going to eat food and relax for the next four weeks. And that's what I did instead. <laughs> so, now... I'm going to be in the Easton booth uh, with e- with Matt Hornland from Easton Overland helping out nice. the expo, and then I'm going to help them with their aid stations on Saturday, cool. the 200. Where where are they at out on course? Uh, we'll be we'll be supporting riders at the aid stations. Oh, at yeah. the at mm-hmm. the aid stations, yep. got it. Yep. Or at the checkpoint, you know, the checkpoint towns. That's awesome. Yep. So, uh, l- how are you recovered? Like, where in the year do you start thinking about Mid South next year? Oh man. Or I I hey I but I know the answer because you're already thinking about Mid South 2027. So one thousand percent. Really, truly, it, it it does have a big dip. There's a big dip, right? You know, and for us right now, we're we're so f- we're you know x amount of months away from the event, like we're past it, but we're also still pretty far away from Reg in October. So it, it is a weird time, right? Like it's a weird, and we're not, we're not trying to just come up with you know new events or new things to fill the gap or fill the fill the time, but it, it there's definitely a lull. So right now, it's like hey. If you have other things to do, like Josh or Sally or myself, like travel, especially with us and the kids in the summertime, right now is 100% the time to either be here, be present at other other events, or just take some time off and kind of chill. So July, actually, dude, I'm going to try and really shut things off for at least a couple weeks, go to Colorado, really get my brain right, and then come back and, and start getting ready for registration. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we're – and then I guess – First, let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Let, let's jump into the Hall of Fame. Let's do it. So you were inducted last night as the official first round, uh, one of seven, into the Gravel Cycling Hall of Fame. Uh, it was a little bit controversial when it came out, but last night, being at that banquet, it was magical. And the the words that Leland said of why this is needed, um, why, is it, why is it important for you for us to, to have a Gravel Cycling Hall of Fame? I can't wait to learn about gravel cycling that potentially had been happening in other places that we didn't know about, right? Yep. Or other, even potentially like other countries. You know, the, the, the modern format of what gravel cycling and what the, you know, the industry has wrapped its arms around truly started right here in the middle of the United States with, with, with Trans-Iowa and Iowa, with Gravel Worlds, with... Unbound, of course, with DK at the time, and so it's like it's very easy to just look right here, right in the middle, and there's a lot of other things that have been going on. So like my yeah, homie, absolutely. my homie Miguel, I've become good friends with Miguel, and I met him in 2020. That's been doing the, the Grasshopper series in California. Yep. I had no idea he's been he's OG, yep. and is it like mixed surface for him? You know, he's got some single track, he's got gravel, uh, majority is gravel, but he's got paved roads too. But I mean, it's it's along the same vein, and it's been he's been doing this for twenty plus years. So I mean, I, I'll be honest right now. I'll just say it. I'm gonna nominate Miguel next year if he allows me to do it. And so I'm excited about a one specific place to gather, not only for history's sake, but then also for for celebration's sake to yep. say, hey, like your efforts should be celebrated and they should be awarded. And then like last night gathering around all these people that we've all been doing this thing and working so hard just because we love it, just because we believe in the roads, just because we believe in the people, we believe in the idea of movement on these gravel roads. 
Like we all got to sit in that room and have dinner. My mom and dad were there, my kids and my family, my wife, and everyone else, dude. And I said it from the stage. Like I truly feel like this is this is chosen family. Absolutely. And now you guys have a podcast. <laughs> Name the Gravel Family podcast. It's so good. It makes so much sense. And I don't know. It's like it's like the Thanksgiving that you want to go to. You know. Yeah. And it, last night was it was beautiful to hear everybody's ideas and perspective and like why they've done it for so long and. I don't know, man. It was beyond. I, I don't even know how to say how humbled I am to be a part of that first crew. It's yeah. crazy. I think a common denominator is that it didn't happen alone. You know, for sure. Everyone that was on that stage said, you know, this isn't about me. This is about the people that got me to this place in my life. So what, you know, who are those people in your life that got you to this point? Who got you into cycling? Who has encouraged you through the years? 100% Crystal, my wife, Crystal Wintel, and her, 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 her dad, my father-in-law, uh, Billy Carnahan. They got me on a bike for the first time in 2005. I mean, I was playing music and was running a little bit, and they'd got me into some 5Ks and 10Ks, but they were like, hey, we really want to go on a 20-mile ride, and I was terrified, terrified of doing that because it was the mindset for me of running, and I, you know, I was correlating the two kind of efforts, which, as we all know, are not anywhere close to the same. So they got me into riding <laughs> for sure. But then when I got to town here, Leland Danes and I started riding mountain bikes together, and then I fell in love with that too, by the way. And I would still say, and it's funny that Reba said that last night. She's like, I'm still a mountain biker. And I'm like, <laughs> She, she made that very clear. But she she's the first person to be in the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame and the Gravel Cycling Hall of Fame. And we, we're having her on uh, the, at 11 today, and I'm excited to talk about that, of being in two worlds, you know, of, of, of cycling. You're, you're all in cycling, but it's... You're in two different worlds a, a lot of times, two different communities, and it was it was special to hear for hear what you said. For so many people, I feel like mountain biking is a gateway drug to gravel for some reason. For sure, I, mean, it, I think it comes from from both ways, but but there's something yeah. there's something, and and that she said that too last night. Like it's different. It is different than than traditional road r- cycling, of course, in so many ways, and it is. Definitely different than mountain biking, too. I mean, like, completely. But it is this weird, and I've been saying this for 10 years, it's this weird mix. Because yeah. you have to stay switched on the same way you do when you're mountain biking because you, ha- you have to pay attention. The road surface has changed. The roads are never the same because of weather, rain, water, whatever. And so, or road grading. You know, you don't road grade a paved road. Like, you go ride a paved road most of the time unless there's a new pothole. It's the same. And, like, <laughs> and that's fine. I'm not saying it's boring or bad. Hashtag unlearn pavement. I'm just saying... <laughs> That it, you have to pay attention, and it's cool. It, it gives you this unbelievable mix of being able to switch off and just ride and get lost in your own thoughts or get lost in the landscape and really, really experience everything around you. But then also, it's you can't you can't completely go off the off the radar with your your mind or your brain. Like you have to stay switched on, and that to me makes even a straight road feel like it's not straight. Because, you know, people yeah. look at our courses sometimes and they're like, man, that's a really long stretch. Like, that's like 10 miles in the same way. And I'm like, yeah, when you get off that road, tell me how it felt. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're going straight yeah, at that, all. Yeah, that's the hilly part. So yeah. tell me, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, Leland, so Leland really got me on the dirt. And I'm, I will say this too, like, I, at heart, also am a mountain biker. Like, I'm not as nearly as good as Rebecca Rush at mountain biking. <laughs> or I'm not really as Very good. Very few at, are. I'm not no. as good at <laughs> probably anything that she does in her life. I'm not as good as her. But... Uh, <laughs> Then, yeah, Matt Brown, 
at High Gear Cyclery, I'd been begging him for a job forever and ever and ever. I finally got a job there in 2009 when we were going to Emporia State. But, yeah, he was, of course, throwing group rides, and I went on a group ride and on my mountain bike, and that was pretty much it. I was like, okay, no cars. These Flint Hills are insane. This is incredible. You were hooked. Yeah, 100%. So then Leland got you into it. What year did you start Mid-South? So Mid-South started in really started the preparations in 2012 mm -hmm. and the first one was march 9th 2013. so this this was year 10. yeah this was 10. that's crazy this was 10. That, how fast did that 10 years so go? fast and so painfully slow at the same time <laughs> <laughs> it's gone by it's gone by uh, seriously i can't believe it dude like blink of an eye blink of an eye you know and I, and also just each year goes by so fast as a promoter people that go to events you know you think about it and you know you're training for it but as a promoter you're you're, you're thinking about it every day every day I, the second you wake up in the morning There's you're no thinking about, about it till when you go to bed you're thinking about it and you're doing that for 363 364 days a year and then all of a sudden it's there and gone and you're like wait did i just fall asleep and missed it like what like you even though you're exhausted and tired, you're like, let's do this again next weekend. Uh, yeah, yes, and and we're trying to we're trying to grow it in different ways than just like packing the numbers to be huge. People all yep. the time when we first started selling out, people were like, well, how many do you think you can have? Like, why 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 not make this like a, a hotter than hell and have ten thousand people on the road in front of you? And I was like, number one, infrastructurally, like we can't support that many people. Like we can't have that many jeeps. We can't have X and yz out there for everyone in, in place we can't handle that and also i don't want it to feel that same way i want it to feel small i want it to feel very very tight-knit i want it to feel different than that you know very intentional it's quality over quantity yeah absolutely and and also like you know we've added the run we've added the double you guys are doing the same thing this year i think that's so cool next year we're doing a 5k and a half marathon on friday I want thousands of runners. Well, dude. to be fair, we were going to do that too, so we're not copying good. you again. Good. No, good. Great. <laughs> again, that's the best form of fl flattery, right? <laughs> anyway, it, it's – I just – the only thing that I care about at the end of the day with thinking about the event literally morning to noon tonight is that I want to keep it fresh, not only for myself and my team and things like that, but I want to keep it fresh – onto the eyes for the entire community and also for p people that want to be participants right so like how can we do that how can we not like overdo it but how can we do it intentionally in a way that really makes sense as a whole and and yeah man like it's just thinking about new courses you know different bands that i want to play like conversations with sponsors and stuff of course now take up more time than i ever imagined but it's like Again, I keep saying this, man, but we're just getting started. Like, we're just getting started. Like, what does this thing look like in the next 10 years? No, there's no telling. And it's yep. completely up to us. It's ours. Yep. We can decide. And the, the great thing that, another thing that was said last night, I think Chris Gogan said it, that was like, you can do this too. You, yes. can, you can create these events in your small town. It, it, it doesn't have to be a Bobby Wintle or a Hall of Famer. That's, that those aren't, because when they started, right. it was nothing. Like, Nobody it was nothing. Knew. Nobody knew who, who we were when we moved to Stillwater and did this, and no one were riding gravel roads in that town. Yep. So it's so sick that you bring that up because the, we have more gravel roads in the United States of America by far and above than paved roads. So it, more than likely outside your community, somewhere close, maybe a short drive if you're in like a metro area, but 
you could do this too. And you could set it up at like a lake or you could meet a landowner and you could have it there. It doesn't have to be exactly the way we do it, even though I love the way we do it. But yeah, like I'm thinking about throwing like a, a hometown ride that's free in my hometown in Parsons, Kansas. And I want to ride to Big Brutus. Big Brutus is this huge, yep, uh, huge shovel, you know, basically this big backhoe shovel. It's massive. <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, and it dug all the like the strip mines for like coal and stuff in southeast Kansas. And now it's just sitting there because it's so big they couldn't really move it. And there's gravel roads to get out there. And I, I'm like, why? Why wouldn't we do this? Why wouldn't we kind of open this up to show people, hey, like you could do this outside of town too? Why not? Yep. And and the there's no pressure that it has to be a certain size no. either. That no. and and I, I, I honestly one thing that's important for us at Gravel Worlds and why we go. Yes, we went down and helped the Mid-South, but we also go to those hometown small races of 300 or less people and go and support those races because it's, it's so important for us that those small events are, are thriving and successful too because that's usually where people get into gravel are those, those small town races doing 50 miles or 25 miles or even 100 or more, it, but it's those less intimidating, uh, more intimate uh, races that people just – feel right away involved in that gravel community. Uh, I know from my my story, my first event was a a race called Odin's Revenge in central Nebraska. And I literally walked into the bar where check-in was and had had somebody come up to me and said, hey, how's it going? I'm Matt Gersib. And had never, I maybe had seen him around Lincoln before, but never seen him. I am friends from the first person I met at a gravel event. I, I am great friends with that person. And I hope a lot of other people have that same experience because that, that doesn't happen at a lot of other events where, you, you know, you're wor- more worried about your warm up than, than you are the community. And um, kind of going back to the Hall of Fame, that, that, that culture came from you hall of famers and the other people that were at the beginning where it was this new sport it was something special it was exciting but from the beginning you hall of famers said this is going to be different it's going to be community above everything else sport comes second um you know christy christy moan also fellow hall of famer now she every year after unbound dk she's Always invited everybody over the over to her house on Sunday after, and I mean, we're talking, you know how this goes. Like we're sleeping three hours maybe the night after. Oh, if that. And I mean, I was, I'm sleeping three hours, four hours, if that, even the week prior. But I'll never forget this. Never forget it. Last year in her backyard, Tim and Christy, Heidi and Xander, we're all sitting there chilling, hanging out, and she's just like, "This is this is the best. This is what I want. I don't want my friends to come here and race and leave." And not be able to spend any time with them. I want to sit down and like intentionally rehash it all out. Just see each other, talk about other things, eat great food, and have great drinks, and just chill. And so, yeah, I think that it's why not? Like these are our favorite people to be around. This is absolutely chosen, chosen, chosen family. So, like, why would we want? Anyway, I'm not good enough to care about my warm up anyway in any <laughs> sort of athletic endeavor. So, yeah, it's. There's nothing better than that. And that and we got to start the weekend, the week, right. doing that very thing last night. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And looking back on just it, it's insane to see the, the, the growth, the arc growth. Like we were looking at numbers for Mid-South and stuff when it, it's absolutely insane. Like the growth pattern for the last 10 years is nuts. And up until the pandemic and we had like a 40 percent increase in participation rate year after year after year after year after year. Yeah. Crazy. 
I think before we head on to some questions about Mid-South, we have one last question about the Hall of Fame. So as a Hall of Famer, are there any highlights or even struggles that now mean more in hindsight than they did in the moment? Oh my gosh, you guys are great at questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I think um, just more than ever, like there are a lot of issues going on in the United States of America. And we are, we have a platform, right? Like we have a voice and we have, we have a following and we have responsibility and we want everyone to feel welcome at our event. And so like, it's a, it's a balance of like, what do we talk about? What do we stand for? What do we not stand for? What do we, you know, use our brand for? And so I think now more than ever, just because I don't know, I feel like a lot of a lot of rights and a lot of conversations going on and safety. I, I feel like we, it's okay. It's okay for us to stand for things and it's okay for us to use our voice and our power. Hall of Fame or not, sorry, I know this is a Hall of Fame question, but like to me, I think it's more important than ever to say like, we believe in this or we believe in that. And we're not gonna make everyone happy when we, when we do this. When we, if we get political, if we get, if we get in, into conversations about yeah, the land, right? Like we've been talking about the land and we've been talking about indigenous perspective. And we've been talking about the fact that we're here, but it was because we stole this land. And like having that mindset right now to me is more important than, than it's ever been before, especially with where we are in Oklahoma and the history that's happened there with indigenous tribes. And so anyway, something I've been doing that has been helping me just literally get grounded is to go out in the dirt take my shoes off, take my socks off and and ground and ground. It's a whole kind of thing. And it's as simple as that. I just feel the earth on my feet. I feel the temperature of the ground. I dig my toes into the our sandy, weird clay, weird red dirt roads. And I just thank the land for being there and for allowing us to do what we're doing on it. So it's like respecting what came before you, who came before Absolutely. you, who paved the path for you to be where you're at now. Because we can't do any of this without the landscape. Like, without, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, there's a million other things, right? The bikes and the people and the communities and the support and, and the participants and the sponsors and all of those things. But, like, none of those things can actually happen at all without the roads, without the land. So I'm just so just really thankful. Like, more than ever, I'm realizing that I'm not calling it luck at all. And I'm, I, I, I want to say, say privilege. Like, I think it's privilege to be able to stand in front of all the humans that come to the Mid-South and, and do our event. Like, I I feel incredibly privileged to be able to do it. And and I feel like the land is what holds us. And so we got to take care of it, too. And anyway, the, I don't know. I'm rambling now, but yeah. <laughs> well, that that's actually one thing I, I wanted to talk about because um, you were very proactive in the name change of your event. Originally, it was called Land Run 100. It was an icon in the gravel uh, scene. Everybody knew that name. And you kind of started this movement of your name of your event means something. And it needs to reflect being welcome. Um, so why was what went behind the name change? Why was there a name change? Um, it, and it's now called the Mid-South. So why, and why was that important? Why was it important for that name change? So Yataka Fields, 
he's actually from Stillwater, Oklahoma, but he lived in Brooklyn for about 10 years. He's an ultra-endurance athlete. He's an incredibly accomplished mural artist. If you've been in downtown Bentonville on the square and you're standing on the square looking to the east at the press room, you're on that corner right over by Onyx, and if you see that huge mural, there's a clock on it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yadika painted that. Um, he's done murals all over the country. He's done artwork all over the world. And he very respectfully just tagged us in an Instagram post in September of 2019. And he just said, and it was a, it was a text about the reality of the ramifications and what the land, the actual land run of 1889 that we, of course, named the race after. Because when we moved to town, I didn't know anything about it. I just saw signs all over town. Land run of 1889 started here. Oklahoma began here. Blah, 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 blah. Very colonial mindset. And, uh, Again, I was just—I just took from that. I thought, man, when I'm on these roads, it makes me think about a time of when they were created because they still feel really, you know, rustic and yep, like like a lot of gravel roads do. But at least our and ours for sure, something about like I don't know the tree coverage and the red dirt and like the, the just—it seems like the lack of of maintenance makes it feel that way even even more so. And so I, that's why I picked the name in the first place. Very simple. It seems straightforward, and it also had kind of the same like. Hard vibes is Leadville 100. Yeah. I was like, yo, it kind of gives me that same. Like, phonetically, it, it makes sense, right? Not yep. only do, do the words have meaning, but the way it rolls off your tongue, the way it sounds, the way it feels. It brands It brands easily. From yeah. the music perspective, like from my music bra- like, you know, background, like all those things matter, like lyrics and the way a song feels and the way a word hits in a certain moment. So I was trying to pull from that whenever I first came up with the name. But Yadika put up this text box on Instagram that just had the realities of, like, this was the final like nail in the coffin for indigenous tribes in Oklahoma that were promised this land in perpetuity as long as the grass grows, as long as the water flows. And, you know, over tons of different broken treaties and land allotment and, dude, so many things that I didn't know anything about until Yadika posted this little blurb and tagged. It was just it was just like this is the land run was terrible, basically, in summation at Land Run 100. He tagged us. Yannick had been in the shop before. I knew that his, his number was was in there, and so I, I in, in our system at the bike shop, so I went in the shop. We were closed. It was a Monday, and I called him, and he answered the phone right away. And I was in the back of district by myself. It was like 9 o'clock in the morning, and I was so nervous. <laughs> so nervous. <laughs> he had just posted it the night before, and my friend sent it to me, and they were like, hey, you should pay attention to this. Ariel Ross, um, Seth Woods. Seth Wood's partner Ariel was like, "Hey, you you should be paying attention to this. This is a conversation that's potentially happening." And it, again, it wasn't blowing up. It wasn't huge. It, there was no comments on our page. It, w- it was just a personal thing that he put out there. And I said, "Hey, here's my intention behind it. Here's what I meant by it. Like, I, I'm not. I, I was I was just talking about how the roads would make us feel today. I, I didn't know anything about the realities of the actual land run and opening. You know, to to, to settlement and stolen land i had no clue here's my intention is there any way that we can move forward without changing the name and bring light to this conversation and yadika just i mean he like took a breath for a second and he said as long as the name is land run 100 i will never step foot in my hometown during the event wow and i I was powerful and i I mean i then i took a deep breath and i was just like that's it for me okay and i was like i'm working on it right now a one-man protest Pretty much, and it was a, it was like, and he was like, "I'm not trying to like start shit," and I was like, "No, 
I don't feel that way at all. I, I'm not upset. I want to know. I don't know what's going on. So then I went home, and I looked up everything I could, and every single article, every piece of information, stuff that like is not straight up history book. That is, it was all, it was all there, just genocide and broken promises and trying to just break up their identity. And I mean, they tried in 1830 with the entire Trail of Tears, and there were other there are other tribes that were already living in the space too. But it's just is mind blowing, mind blowing to think about the uprising that any of us today would have if that same thing were to now happen. And we're talking about less than 200 years ago. Yeah, this is not that long ago. This is two generations potentially ago for some of these people. So the fact that this particular name from 1889 that's just over 100 years ago like it's still causing hurt and it will forever potentially and it's changed the course of history for their for their family for their identity and so anyway to pick the new name it was a terrible 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 task (laughs) it was like a lot of pressure yeah let's take an internationally known thing like you said like a I, i i'll say it i guess iconic event brand and let's start over What's that look like? So I was just trying. I was trying to pull from within something we already had. And my very first Instagram post of again, uh, inst- let's go back to Instagram. For Land Run 100 was back in oh man, I think 2014. Like I really didn't get into it right away. Um, but 2014, I just I had a Warbird tie. I took my salsa Warbird tie. I laid it down on the road. Took a photo of it, and I was like, "We're working on a new course. The roads are incredible. Blah blah blah." Hashtag Mid South Gravel. And I just came up with it because I was like, where are we? Where, where is Oklahoma? It's not the south. It's not the Midwest. But when I look at a map, it's like in the middle of the southern region of the U.S. So, anyway, we got something else going on across the street. Sorry, it's taking a, all of our attention. We've got a torch walk. Yeah, we got walk. a torch walk or something going on. Oh, cool. On. You just never know what's going to happen. You never know. Oh, look, here's my mom and dad. They're coming down the street. <laughs> there, There's the, the legendary Mr. and Mrs. Wintle. Yes. So, anyway... It was a super hard decision. Like we thought about Mid South Classic, we thought about Mid South 100. Of course, everyone was like, "You should just call it the Red Dirt 100 or the Mud Fest 10,000." It was like, I don't want to just be super blatant about it. I want to. I wanted to have some vibe, and I wanted to have a little bit of not mystery, but just like question. And I didn't want to add a number to it because I wanted to leave it completely open for our branding to kind of be. Now I feel like now with the Mid South, like. Now we can do anything that yeah. we want. And we and can it put had, it anywhere. It had to feel right. It did. And it finally did. I was riding my bike back from getting burritos for the whole shop for lunch. And I was like, the Mid-South. Like, this, that's where, that's where we are. That's who we are. Like, that's what we're doing. It's our identity. Like, let's do this. That's and, awesome. And then Sally was like, okay. She's like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so, so. And then we, we released it September. We started on it. And then we announced it. Had it all ready to go. December 31st, 2019. So in a couple months, we wiped the slate completely clean, brand new website, all new branding, all new everything. It, yeah, and it it went off really really well. Obviously, I some so people too. some people are always going to be upset about it, yeah. but, but it was impactful in the community, and it, it started a conversation that was really important for us to have. I think so, too. Um, and it, the kind of another question on that is, like, why is it, the, the name doesn't affect you as a white man. It doesn't yeah. really affect you in right. any way. So why is that important for you and should be important for us to be leaders of, of the people that are privileged in, in the genetic lottery that we won that 
even though it doesn't affect us, why is it important for us to be that? Just because it, it, it should be important to everyone. This should be important to everyone no matter who you are, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what you're doing. Your own perspective, your own outlook is not the only perspective that exists. And it's really hard to get outside of those confines of your upbringing, you know. And I, I, I talk about this all the time. Perspective and where you were born, who your family is, where you went to school, like where, where you're from, landscape of that place, the people that are around. It all shapes your perspective, you know. And it, 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 it changes like your identity is kind of from a place, and from the people around you too. It's like a mixture of all those things, but that's not the only one that exists. Even five miles down the road in a different neighborhood in a small town in the middle of the United States of America, the perspective is going to be completely different than yours potentially. And there's so much to learn from that. And there's so much good that can come from quote unquote, putting on someone else's shoes and going for a walk. Yeah. And like I'm on an absolute journey of that. Like completely. Right after the name change, I had the opportunity to uh, to go down and in 14 miles outside of Tucson and ride with the Pascua Yaki tribe. They have a Monday night res ride, and I'd never been on a, I'd never been on a reservation before, like ever in my life. If I'd passed through one, I didn't even realize it or know it. And I mean, you talk about like completely 180 on perspective of what it looks like to be in a cycling community kids on bmx bikes with like t-rex helmets and like we're going on like a three mile ride around the res just because and they all they all do the tour of tucson every year and it's super cool they have like 300 plus members from the from the tribe that go and they're fighting against diabetes and but they're doing it their own way with their own flavor and their own vibes and just being in like being in, in a reservation blew my mind like it I, I just that's not where I grew up it's not any part of my past or my history but it just opened my eyes to a different community a different community of living and like I just think that we all have a responsibility whether we are leading an event or just leading our own personal lives to understand that our viewpoints and our perspective is not the only one I think that's what makes not only your event, but yourself, your brand so special is that when people come to Oklahoma, this was my first year down there and I just felt so welcomed and included and loved. And that isn't something that you find everywhere. Yeah. And so speaking for me, obviously that was incredible. It was an incredibly life changing weekend. And I know that happens for so many other people as well. Thank you for saying that. And I'm so glad that I'm so glad. And, and you said it last night in your Hall of Fame speech that that name change or maybe it was in the your intro that your pre-interview um, that that name change made more people feel welcome. And that was ultimately the biggest success of that name change is your event is for everyone. And as long as your name was Landrun, not everyone felt welcome. For sure. And just because of I believe the history like and also a lot of these individuals didn't feel like their voice had any power so they didn't feel like saying anything was going to make a difference but that's also not true yeah like no matter what position you're in no matter who you are no matter what you know what nationality you are anything like that like if you have something to say that has validity behind it that is saying we don't feel welcome we don't feel comfortable this is we feel like this is incorrect because of these reasons I, I encourage everyone to speak up about it because finally someone did and it got to me 
and it, 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 it changed the outcome of the business that I own for the rest of my life. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. If you see something that you don't agree with, it's okay to reach out. And the way he reached out, the thing that's important is he reached out to you in love. Totally. And it, the second you reach out to someone or yell at someone or just no matter what the conversation is, if you go out to them with love, they're more likely to listen and have a conversation with yeah. you. Not everybody's going to do that. There, there's bad people everywhere. But if you, if there's something that you want to see changed, just lead with love, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it, it, you're more likely to make a change. Um, and I so didn't, I didn't want the conversation to be on the internet, and that's why I called him. Yeah, oh, I had that. Absolutely. I had that again. I had that ability to do so, and I, that isn't always the case. But I've, I've yeah. done that before as well. With if you know, we get a little feedback. It's like I got your number. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. I just call him and just say, hey, it's easy to type things and get upset on the internet. Let's just talk and be human to human. And I think All our, our devices separate us All quite a bit, like divide us. But we could we could take that tangent and talk yes, for, we could. for days. But Let's talk the double-double. Uh, this has been an epic thing to be part of. How did it come about? So Jason got a hold of us. So we've had the double since 2017. We started a 50K in 2016. I had, I had a runner here last night who's done the event three times, done our 50K three times. And he was just like, thank you for adding running into your event and for sticking with it. Yep. And, you know, honestly, I have to give all of that credit to our running community because they were just, they were all riding too, but they were like, hey, there's, you know, we've got this trail run that happens at Lake McMurtry, but we really, we don't, we want to be, we think this is the coolest thing. We want to be a part of it. And my, you know, a few friends, Arthur Elias um, who's ran the hundred mile actually before um, a couple of years ago? He ran the hundred. Yeah, yeah, like twenty six hours or something. It was crazy. <laughs> we we sent him off at the rider meeting on Friday night. It was nuts. Um, they're like feral pigs in the middle of the creek crossing. <laughs> and That's a story coyotes. we'll have forever. Dude, he was like, "I'm not going down there. I'm not going." Like he told me about it later. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he rerouted and uh, just around one little mile section, which I was like, "That's fine. You're not even. There's not a race <laughs> happening. You ran this hundred mile all by yourself." But anyway, like the idea of running a 50k seemed like this weird in between distance. It's not far enough for ultra runners, but it's it's definitely really intimidating for marathoners too, you know, or half marathoners. And we thought, well, you know, let's let's do that. Let's let's do a 50k. We have this 50k route that we all love to ride already that we think is the hardest, the, like the best we could possibly do. And then as soon as that was done, my buddy Jack Christian down in Elk City, Oklahoma, was like, hey, Bobby, there are a ton of people that want to do both. So you should move it because it was on Saturday. We had the run on Saturday for a long time. He, and so now we, we pushed it to f- the run to Friday and, uh, and opened up the double, as we so eloquently called it. We were like, let's make it this as easy as possible. It's both events. We'll just call it the double. <laughs> literally the double it's the double and it's the double what's the it's the double it's fine and (laughs) so uh, yeah and then immediately like two years in it became our quickest selling out category and people love it i mean this year i think we had 125 signed up for the just for the double just for the double yeah um which is nuts and it's it's always and we we've kind of capped it around there too like 100 150 it's it's the most wild thing to think about running that far and then trying to get good sleep after something like that, which we all know after a big, long effort, even it's on the bike. It's a mental challenge. Yeah, and sleeping that next night sometimes is insane. Like, you're, your body temperature's all over the place. You're overly tired. Like, people that 
don't do really long events, you 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 literally can say I'm too tired to sleep, and they're yeah. like, that doesn't make any and sense. And you're just like your brain is on, and you're just thinking, you're thinking, and then if you also have another event that you're doing the next day, you're you're all you're having anxiety about that too, and you're overtired, and you're sti- you just you're trying to come down and go back up, and so I, I was like, yeah, this sounds hard. We should definitely do this. <laughs> so it's been going on since 2017, and it's like. It's the wildest. It's the wildest thing. In 2017, the first year, we only had three finishers actually because it was so bad. That, that was conditions the brutal year. Bad. They were great on the run. They were perfect. They were like almost 80 degrees. It was gorgeous on Friday, and then 36 in rain all day on Saturday. So yeah, we stuck with it. And now, with in my mind, with Mid South, like celebrating hard things in the movement of your body. Like I'm not saying that's like our mission statement, but pretty much. So now with the 5K. And the half marathon, I can't. I just can't wait to see how the community is all play off of each other. What I think is super sick is that you know you hear about this crossover all the time, but I think we're seeing so much crossover between runners, riders. So then Jason got hold of us. What month was this? I don't even remember. Uh, October, November, maybe. Yeah, and was like, yo. No, it was before registration, so probably okay. late September. We're gonna do this. What do you think about combining them and? Truthfully, like I've never, we've never partnered up. Like we've had so many events ask about series and oh, you guys could be the Oklahoma State Championships, and I'm like, no, no, thank you, not interested at all. But then the idea of like combining the top times for non-binary women and men that all are coming to do both doubles with a gap this far apart, I'm like, this is crazy enough that this partnership, like, it makes sense. It's crazy. And so now we've got how many? 26? Uh, I think there was 43 that started. Originally. And then uh, there's 26 officially signed up. So, I mean, technically, if you finish the Mid-South double, you could still sign up. We still have our registration yes, open. That's so true. if you if you want to do the double-double, you still can uh, sign up for our double. But it's 26 people right now that are left. For the very first time when you said double-double just now, it made me think about a cheeseburger from Wendy's. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> They'll definitely deserve a cheeseburger yeah, from Wendy's I, I, after the double-double. Uh, so, I mean, one thing that you and I talked about uh, that was also really important with this, doing the double-double, two very fiercely, from our beginning, very fiercely independent races coming together, a big part of that was the symbolism of coming together. Um, we, had, we have talked before, and one thing that we have seen is this kind of that ugly head of division sneaking its way into gravel and competition and the competition of like, well, I, I only go to mid South. I only go to gravel world. I only do unbound or I'm a BWR guy, whatever it is, or, you know, Oklahoma or Midwest versus East coast. It was this, it just was just a little bit. And it's like, that's kind of what started a, a little bit of a downgrade in a lot of other cycling genres or other sport genres. Um, so what did that symbolism mean to you? Totally. Yeah, man. Like division is like, I, I, and this is just a pull. I'm trying not to be a broken record and say the same things all the time, but divided we are weak, right? And together we are heavy together. We can do incredible things. And, and I, I think individually we can do that and stay fiercely independent. But at the same time, like when, when we start to recognize and, and see like independent efforts and we celebrate those. And we start, we try and our best to forget about what divides us, and we think about what actually brings us together. I think that's base, that's the basis of, of the double double for sure. And the oasis is like, get, do getting getting lottery tickets during gravel worlds, like the grassroots roots, roots nature of 
Gravel Worlds has always been a huge influence at, at Land Run and Mid-South, for sure. So the I, I agree with you, man. I think like our ethos is so so aligned, and both our events are incredibly hard for different reasons. And so I just think it, the symbolism of, of, yes, two independent, very much Midwest events, Mid-South, Midwest, whatever. Nebraska's Midwest, right? right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think it's it's a it's a beautiful partnership. It's a beautiful partnership of what is now I think the hardest thing that's happening in, at Gravel Worlds, and for sure the hardest category to sign up for at the Mid South. Yeah, and, and while you were talking, one thing I I thought you brought up the Oasis is so Sophie and I and and Corey were down at Mid South and you know bringing the stoke at your event, bringing the heat, bringing the heat, and and your team's going to be up at our, at our event. Giving out bobby hugs. Giving out bobby hugs. Yeah. If you're coming to Gravel Worlds, you might get a bobby hug this year. I'm going to hug a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of hugs. And I think the other thing is both our events are better because of this. There's there's things as promoters you see that the average person doesn't see. So I know there's there were things at Mid-South that, that just needed to get done and you needed help with. And Sophia and I were able to help there. Not anything against your team because they everybody's so busy on a promotions team absolutely and so can't have enough people on the team the week of and and your your team being up at gravel worlds is only going to make us better because there's going to be something that we only have two eyes per person and having your team out there being like hey you know this this checkpoint they're out of water you need to get out there and it's we inevitably happens all the time yeah Yeah. and so i I think ultimately too our events become better because of this i agree too and it just gives us another thing to talk about which is fun like i said keeping things relevant keeping things fresh thinking about how you know who's benefiting from this i always think about like what decisions are we making as an organization and how are they affecting our participants and our participants are they're our our customers right they're they're our friends they're family they're more than just that but they are the ones that are like, hey, I'm deciding to open my wallet or my purse or whatever and spend money to go be a part of this event. So we coming together and saying, hey, like we're going we're gonna to partner up for the very first time ever, I think gives an experience and gives like a, a I don't know, a connected kind of inclus- inclusive vibe already before Gravel World is even happening. Yeah. The, the Double Double started in snow in March. The, they started running in snow on March 10th, and it's going to end likely in the fires of summer. Um, we're exactly like halfway between this challenge. It's a six-month challenge for these people. Yeah. So what, what are you most excited for that now that Mid-South is done, going to the Gravel Worlds, finishing Double Double? What, what are you excited for this finish? Man, I, I, I mean, it's not a numbers thing. I'm not worried about that at all, but I am I am admittedly super excited to see how many actually finish both. Yeah. And and to see who comes out on top. We've got some local local Stillwater peeps. Yep. Um, dude, Marshall, Marshall Shaw is up there. He's incredible. He's a urologist, actually. Um, so, you know, he does vasectomies for a living. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, dude, Marshall, I don't even know where he gets the time. I, I, I don't understand it. it but he's killing it he's right up there um so of course i'd be a liar to say i'm not like rooting for my hometown people uh i think first or second place in the current double double now is a lincoln lady oh jessica jessica so it's like we both got hometown people rooting for and our next our next guest after venny venny with cantu she's in third so it's like we've got we've got people that we know that are in the contention and it's it's and also the the split the time how close it is is insane the men's podium for the double double 
the double, your double alone. 40 seconds. Yeah, 40 seconds that split one, two, three. Yeah. That, oh, that's 50K run and a 100-mile bike ride. It was divided by 40 seconds. That's insane. But then our double, the double-double, sorry, a lot of doubles, I apologize. But the double-double is... I think divided by like four or five minutes for the men's podium and the women's podium is under an hour and a half. And like that's one bathroom break gone wrong. Yeah. You know, for you to, to win or lose potentially. Well, and an hour and a half for the, the women's podium is th – that's incredibly close. When they, yeah. you got a 50K ultra and 150 miles of biking, an hour and a half is nothing. So it's it's literally anybody's – Anybody's game. Anybody's game right so now. So it's a toss-up. I think also I'm, I'm – I think the thing I'm most excited about, dude, like is see is seeing a double happen at another event. Like the, this is the first time that in my in my brain that this this same format is happening at another event, and to me that's super exciting. Yeah. So I just can't wait to kind of see how that all comes together, and because I know what it, I know I remember what it felt like to to have our first double participants, and I was just like in awe of these individuals. Like you're doing something that I've never done, that I can't actually fathom or wrap my head around at this moment. And you're coming here, and you're going to literally empty out everything inside of your soul to get this done. And I think for you guys, knowing that, seeing those people line up at your event on Friday morning, it's a sick feeling. We're So we're doing something special for the people doing the double-double or the double. They're going to have a different colored name badge. So when they come across... Yep we know that those people are doing the double-double and they finished. So we're going to be able to see, see them at the finish line. There's so many people. That's it's exciting. like we want to be able to be like, that person's awesome. They just finished the double-double. Yes. And a little bit crazy. <laughs> uh, can we have a little hint on what the trophies are going to be for the double-double? I know it, there's been a few questions about it. It's a jar of dirt. It is. I, I brought a <laughs> five-gallon bucket of the most beautiful sandy ridiculously soft gorgeous intrusive red dirt that's getting all over my van right now <laughs> and so we're gonna have a jar that's half lincoln white rock and half stillwater mid-south red dirt it's perfect it's pretty sick it's it's what it's the icon of both of our events like it's everybody's like the red dirt or the white rock of nebraska it's like it's yeah. the icon to what and What's a better trophy than a jar dirt? That was one thing we talked it about. Literally we're, came from the course. Yeah, and we're like, do morning. we do we make this epic or something kind of silly? And it's like we did ended up doing both because it's like yeah. what what person brags about having a jar of dirt other than the person that does a double double? That's <laughs> they're like my whole soul is actually inside this jar. <laughs> it sums now, up the spirit yeah. of it. My is, blood and tears might actually be in this this, this dirt right is here. Is my horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got to wrap this up, Let's but do we do have one last question for you. So what does the Gravel family mean to you? Oh, man. I think... Oh. I know it's going to be good. It means more... It means not having the opportunity to be, quote-unquote, normal throughout the pandemic. Put an exclamation point on the end of Gravel family, of, like, community at, at, at large, and being together. Like, we need this we need these things to look forward to and it is not just it is not the race it is not the event people are not showing up just because of the way these roads look feel how hard it is because they're winning some money or whatever because there's no money to win here actually they're showing up on tuesday wednesday before unbound this super bowl of gravel and Gravel Worlds will be there early. And Mid-South, too, people are coming in a few days beforehand. They're doing it because they want to be around these people. They want to see the familiar faces. They want to meet new people. They want to be inspired. They want to. They just want to, like, 
take a deep breath from all of the preparation that it takes to get ready to do these events, whether you're a sponsor or participant or a rider, like what, you know, or, or a promoter. It, it, this, is, this is the culmination of all the work. And it doesn't happen without people. And the people are the most important part because they're the ones that bring all the vibes and all the flavor and all the laughter and all the tears and all the things. So, like, to me, it just, it, it is a reunion every time we get together. And, like, I love it so much. Like, as much as I love homemade chicken and noodles at Thanksgiving. It's the sickest. The people are the best part. Like, when I'm driving here, that's all I'm thinking about is, who am I going to see? When am I going to see them at the bike shop? Who's going to be at Mall Ready's? Who's going to stay up until the last XL rider comes across the line? Like, I want to know who those people are. Yeah. I want to know who the people are that are finishing. And they they immediately could be become a part of like my close knit gravel family, you know, and I don't know the possibilities of people now, especially with how crazy things have gotten, is endless. But it still feels really small. It still feels really tight knit. And of course, last night the Hall of Fame induction ceremony it made it made it feel that way. It tied a knot on it, a bow on it again. Like it's phenomenal. So I don't know. I hope that's a good answer. But it's always a good it's, answer. It's just it's just it's truly a love for each other based in the love of doing hard things and i think that that brings out the best in people we love you bobby because it isn't like no i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say it's (laughs) thank you i I probably need to thank you i don't know what you're gonna say just movement you know like uh, what what i was gonna say really is like what there's all for me for me standing still being still for a moment is 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 good but when it becomes the norm like that's death and so the gravel family to me is encouraging we're all encouraging each other to move and to live and to experience life so that's what it means to me it is the opposite of death it is life oh. and it's sick i he he had to have taken it to another level i knew he was oh, yeah. i knew he was going to <laughs> it was in there i knew it was coming i knew whatever was going to come out of his mouth was going to be real good <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Bobby, for being on the Gravel Family Podcast. We love you. Uh, it's an love honor. Love you both also. It's an honor to call you friend. Uh, you've been such a mentor for me uh, in, in my career as a promoter. Um, you mean more to me personally than you'll probably ever know. Uh, so thank you for all the lives that you've changed through your event. Um, yeah, thanks for being on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Let's have a great week, huh? That's right. Thank, yeah. And again, thank you so much to Gravel City Adventures for letting us uh, record outside. If you're ever in Emporia, if you need, if you're in the area, you need a bike or you need any work done, please look at Gravel City Adventures right here in Emporia, Kansas. We'll see you on the next episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. Gravel Family Podcast is a Pirate Cycling League production. Gravel Worlds and Pirate Cycling League are owned and operated by Gravel Adventures LLC, Lincoln, Nebraska. For more information on Gravel Family Podcast, visit www.gravelfamily.bike. For information on Gravel Worlds or Pirate Cycling League, go to www.gravel-worlds.com. 